everybody, this is Brother Paxton. We're here at the Battle of New Market in New Market, Virginia. And I've been thinking about a couple of scriptures today. You know, sometimes when we're living for God, we're doing the very best we can. And sometimes we just seem to fall short of that mark where we want to be and where God wants us to be. God wants us to give our very best for His kingdom. There's no question about that. At the same time, Sometimes the flesh gets in the way and causes us to have that struggle between the flesh and the spirit. And we tr sometimes you find yourself in a place where you try and you try and you try and you just seem to not be able to make it, you know. You can make it, but here's, there's a key to it. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 11. And, and we'll start reading at verse 28. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There's three words there that will help you to stay in that victory position in the battle of the flesh versus the spirit. And those three words are, come unto me, come. Take my yoke upon you, word number two, take learn of me three so you have come take and learn and all of that equals a fourth word and that word is rest we rest in Christ and that is where our victory is found but first we have to come unto him we have to turn to him and say Lord you know I can't do this by myself I can't make it on my own I can't I don't have the way within myself to have the victory in my life and I've got to have your help I've got to plead the blood of Jesus because the blood is the empowering agent in the life of a Christian. And so we come to him, we take that yoke, we take his yoke. He said it's easy, he said his burden is light. We take his yoke upon us and then we learn of him. What do you mean by that? We read the word of God and you don't just simply learn about somebody or learn of somebody by just reading, that's a big part of it, reading the Word, but also hanging around Him. Hanging around in the presence of Jesus, reading His Word, and the Holy Spirit will teach us of His ways. Let's look at something here real quick about the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. So this, this word is powerful. And as we begin to read it, as we begin to learn it, as we speak it, it literally divides our heart, divides our thoughts, and it discerns them. And it shows us the thoughts of our heart that are right, that are godly, that are good, that are pure. And it shows us the ones that we need to cast down as vain imaginations that are trying to exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. So the Word of God is the foundation for everything that we do. We come unto Him, we take His yoke upon us, we learn of Him through His Word. It discerns and divides between all of our thoughts and the intents of our heart, and then we rest in Him. And at that point, the Holy Spirit supplies the power that we need to live the victorious, overcoming Christian life as a child of God ought to live it. Now I'm going to have Angie come right on up here with me and we're going to go in here and show you the inside of this little building. It's going to be a little dark. But we're 
believing God for the victory today. We're believing God that He will apply this word that we've just read in your hearing and these words that He's given us to speak and put us into a, a position and a posture of victory in Jesus today. Amen? Let's go on and look at one of these little cabins here on the Bushong Farm at, at the Battle of Newmarket. The cadets from VMI marched 85 miles to the north of Lexington, Virginia to get to this place on the day of battle. There's an old shelf that they stored stuff on, the fireplace. Here's some cups from the Civil War era that people used to drink out of. There's a, a bowl they dip in and draw water out with. A salt container. So from the Battle of Newmarket, Newmarket, Virginia, this is Brother Paxton. We'll see you a little further on up this road. Bye-bye. Earlier, uh, we read from the scripture here in Matthew chapter 11 where Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give, give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <clears throat> Resting in Christ doesn't mean inactivity. It means, it means inactivity of the flesh, but there'll be spiritual activity that's going on during that time. You'll be dwelling in His presence. You'll be communing with Him. He'll be sealing the Word into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we gotta learn to let the Lord <clears throat> fight our battles with His Word and by His Spirit. And that's not an easy thing because we always want to uh, take that step back into the flesh and try to force something to happen or force something to take place. We don't need to do any of that. When we get in His Word and get in His presence, the Holy Spirit will begin to do His office work in our lives and He'll change our lives. Uh, just like at this battle, they had a plan committed into action that came from the general staff. The officers in the field did not get to change that plan. Well, the Holy Spirit has a plan and a program for every one of us. It's already determined. And He's going to do that work in us as we dwell in the Word, as we dwell in the presence of God. And as we said from Hebrews earlier, the Word of God comes into our hearts and it begins to tell us, it begins to show us, no, these thoughts you have are right. This is the way the Spirit wants you to think and the direction He wants you to go. But these thoughts over here, that's you. You need to cast down those imaginations that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of Christ. How do you find that knowledge of Christ? Two ways. In the Word and by dwelling in His presence. And, and you plead the blood. You plead the blood of Jesus over the situations of your life. The power is in the blood. The power is in the Holy Spirit, and the power is in the Word of God. And so that takes all earthly power, all human power, and it renders it ineffective, inoperative. And so we cast it aside and we rest in Christ. We take His yoke upon us, and we learn of Him, and we, we come to Him with our issues, with our needs, with our struggles, with our burdens. And so it, it takes us out of that position that Paul found himself in Romans chapter 7, where we're just trying so hard to be better. We're just trying so hard to love God more. We're trying so hard to do the right things. And that's noble, but it won't succeed because it's not in the trying, it's in the approaching Him, come unto me, 
It's in taking his yoke upon us. It's in learning of him by hanging out with him and reading the word. It's by the word doing its powerful work in our life. You see, the more you read this, the more the word is gonna work in your life. And that's what's gonna take you into victory. All of a sudden, you'll, find, you'll, be, you'll begin to say something like this. Now I was trying so hard to get closer to God. And I just started reading his word and believing in the Lord and believing the Holy Spirit, pleading the blood. And all of a sudden I found out that God was right there beside me all the time. God was, he drew close to me because I drew close to him. I didn't have to try to get that to happen. I had to, I had to yield. I had to obey what we learn in the word that we need to do, which is to read the word, which is to, to, to go into his presence and trust the Lord. So when I began to do that, and the Holy Spirit drew near to me. And God and I are walking together and all is well, all is peaceful. I might be right in the midst of the most chaotic time of my life with more stress and more pressure, but I have a peace in my heart because God has drawn near to me because I drew near to him. I drew, I drew near to him, he has drawn near to me and he gives me that rest, that rest. There is a rest, R-E-S-T of faith. Faith is rest. Rest is faith. It doesn't mean lack of activity. It does mean lack of self-effort to bring about what flesh can never bring about is a spiritual result. So if you want a spiritual result, the Holy Spirit has to bring it to pass. In order for the Holy Spirit to bring it to pass, we have to have faith in the blood that the blood has already done everything that needs to be done. And so we rest in that fact, we know. Now what we do is we go to the scriptures, we go to the promises of God, we go to the scriptures that tell us what Jesus has done for us and who we are in him and what we have because of him. We go to those scriptures and we get to know him. We get to know it. We get it to renewing our mind. We get to hanging out with God. And then the work is already done. Holy Spirit takes us right into victory, right into peace, right into joy. Let me, let, me, let me illustrate it this way. Those things that we so desperately want in our lives, peace, joy, love, uh, self-control so that we don't sin with the flesh, all of these things, the Bible calls them in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Now, when you plant a tree, what do you have to do to get that tree to bear fruit? The tree isn't going to try real hard to bear fruit. All right? What do you do? You plant the tree. You cultivate it. You put fertilizer on it. You water it. And it gets sunlight. And when all those conditions are right and it's the proper season, fruit will come you know some of the things that we're believing for in our lives it could be that the season for it is just ahead and so it's important when we're out of season it's important what we do it's important that we rest in Christ and we go to the word and we feed the seed with the promises of God with the word of the Lord it's important that we water it with the presence of the Holy Spirit as we wait for due season to, to arrive and so all these things that we desire, the Holy Spirit will produce. What do we do? We do our part, we tend to the garden. And all of that is done with the Word and by the Holy Spirit. So we're, we just, we are human beings. 
not human doings. There are things we're going to do. I don't go along with this business that, well, if you're a Christian now, there's nothing you'll ever have to do. But I do. Let's walk this way. But I do believe that we have to, what the doing on our part has to be initiated and instigated by the Holy Spirit. And when that's taken place, victory is ours in Jesus' name. And so I hope that's helped you a little bit. It's kind of just all flowing out of my spirit. Uh, we're going to dig more into that as we go along in the coming weeks and months in the ministry here. Uh, as we refer to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how that it comes by faith in the blood. And somebody said, well, I thought I had to confess it 300 times. I thought I had to, uh, you know, uh, go to church every Sunday and all of these things. Listen, when your heart is where it needs to be, when your heart is right with God, you will confess the word. You will go to church. You will pray. You will read the Bible, all of these things. Those things are the result of who you are in Christ now. And so the more you do those things from the right perspective, the Holy Spirit uses it as fertilizer, as sunlight, as water to the season that he's about to take you into in life. He uses it when it's from the proper angle. If you're, if you're doubling up on your Bible reading time because you're desperate, then you've missed the, the starting place where you need to go to before you double up on the Word. We want you to go ahead and double up on the time you're spending in the Word. That won't hurt none of us. It'll help us. We want you to do that, but you gotta go to the jumping off spot first, which is faith in the blood and resting in what the Lord Jesus has already done for you. Now, when you understand that, what Christ has done for you, when you understand that, now you go in and you triple that word time and, and that's just watering the seed and fertilizing the seed and God is getting ready to take you to a new season, hallelujah, where you will bear much fruit. So, and that, that really goes the same for any other thing in your life. It might be finances, it might be love for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. It might be that you need to forgive somebody. It might be that you need to reap a harvest of prosperity or a harvest of healing or any of this. It's all found in the blood of Jesus. And you put your faith there first, then you go into the word and you find those promises and you begin to, to study them, to meditate on them, to confess them with your mouth. Now you're fertilizing, now you're watering and the spirit is in that. The spirit is in it when that first step is in place, faith in the blood. And that's what I want to leave you with here today. I said all of that to say this, say, faith in the blood. The blood has already accomplished everything that we need. It's just like we talked earlier about the seeds that were sown by our ancestors in the church. Those seeds have been watered by every sermon that's been preached. By every, by every farmer who's knelt down in a field just like this with his Bible, right out in the field on his farm and just cried out to God and put this word deep in his heart. He's watering the promises. He's, he's fertilizing the tears at the altar. One day, very soon, even now, it is already beginning, I believe the harvest of that is going to come into manifestation in the earth. 
<clears throat> that's why I believe we're going to see a great ingathering of souls in these last days is because of what was sown in the generations before us. I want to be a part of that kind of stuff. That, that excites me. That thrills me. And I know that it does you too. So until so this is the Bushong Farm at the Battle of Newmarket. Once again, the cadets from VMI. There, I had five Paxtons that were in the Liberty Hall Volunteers. Five of, of my uh, ancestors were in the Liberty Hall Volunteers, VMI cadets that marched up here that day, uh, 85 miles to get to Newmarket. This is the old dinner bell. I can't make it ring. Here's the oven. This was just a working farm, you know. And all these buildings are original to to the day. We just went down there a little bit ago. But we won't we won't go back in there now. When you think about the fact that those cadets marched 85 miles to get here because they believed in the cause that they were defending. They believed in their liberty, they believed in their country, and they marched 85 miles to get here. Well, all of that sacrifice, you could put that into the church, all the prayers of all the saints through all the hundreds and hundreds of years, and the blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, to build the church. All those seeds that have been sown are going to come to pass. They're going to be harvested in these last days. Souls are being saved today because prayers were prayed by grandma and grandpa yesterday. Souls are getting saved today because tears have been shed at an old-fashioned altar in a mourner's bent somewhere in some little church that was considered across the wrong side of the tracks. But God's going to honor the prayers of the saints. And He's going to honor their dedication and the seeds that they've sown towards righteousness. They're going to reap, we're going to reap that righteous harvest in the day and age in which we're living. And so from the Battle of Newmarket, that's just thoughts that's flooding my spirit as I'm walking through here. And we're going to go over here to this monument and catch you on a little further up the road. We're still at the Battle of Newmarket. This is still the, the Bush Hog Farm. This is primarily where the majority of the battle took place. Now, when the cadets from VMI first got here, they were kept to the rear for a little while. Uh, the ranger told me it was over by the 7-Eleven. We were just there. We went in there and got some tea. Right behind that is where they were kept in staging for a brief period of time upon their arrival. And then they converged upon this area, right through this farm, and all the way back up over that hill over there was where the fighting took place. It's not a huge battlefield like some of them, but it's somebody's farm. You know, if you could imagine living back in that day, and here you are going about your daily chores, and you got your big barn here, you come out, you milk the cows, etc and take care of the chores on the farm and then all of a sudden here comes troops from the Union and troops from the Confederacy converging right in your property, right in your uh, working farm. Uh, it was probably a harrowing experience to say the least. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. That's the thing about the Shenandoah Valley. A lot of times when you think of a valley, you think of it's really wide. The Shenandoah really isn't. The mountains are right there. And right there 
it's, a, it's a narrow strip mostly through the Shenandoah. This was the farm area of Virginia in those days. So let's walk back over here. Again, soldiers on both sides did what they felt that they had to do because they cared about their cause. This is why I get a little upset with Christians and with preachers who seem to have the attitude, you know, I don't need to talk about the things of God. I, let's, not, let's not disturb people by talking about Jesus all the time. What planet are you on, man? Uh, we are called to be a bold witness for Christ in these last days. And there is a fight, and there is a battle to that, whether you like it or not. You have to take a stand. If you're ashamed to go into the convenience store to buy a, a bottle of tea and acknowledge the fact that you're a Christian or talk about the gospel, then you know you need to either get out of the pulpit or get down to the altar and repent and give your life to Christ and stand up and fight for what you believe in. That's what built this country. This, co this country wasn't built on, oh, let's just get along with everybody. This country was built on fighting for principles that are worth fighting for. And that's what the Civil War and the Revolution and all the other wars reminds me of every time I come to a place like this. It reminds me of the great sacrifices that were made. And it translates into the spiritual, like I mentioned a moment ago on our way up here. Every mother, every grandmother, every father, every grandfather, every great-grandparent, every great-great-grandparent who read their Bible and prayed and cried and wept at an altar. That's a seed being sown to righteousness. That harvest of righteousness isn't always immediate. They might not have seen it in their generation, but we're gonna see it now. We're gonna see those harvests of righteousness that the seeds might have been planted 200, 300 years ago, 500 years ago. But God will never let that seed die in the ground if it was sown in sincerity and in righteousness. God will bring a harvest out of that seed. So some of you that are getting saved right now in this time frame, you might have to thank John Wesley's mother someday for the prayers that she prayed. O only God knows all of that. You might have to thank your godly uh, fifth great grandfather for breaking this ground with his bare hands and building a little Presbyterian church in the, in the mountains of Virginia and laying in the altars and weeping and crying out before God, you might have to thank him someday because that's why you're saved. It trails down through generations, the harvest of the seeds of righteousness. Let's believe God together today. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel. Let's not be ashamed to acknowledge that we're Christians. Let's not be ashamed to take the proper stand on the issues, the stand that is righteous and holy and godly. Let's believe for a harvest of souls in these last days. Man, I'm believing your sons and daughters are getting saved. I'm believing that your grandchildren are getting saved. I'm believing that all of the neighbors and the relatives are coming to Christ because of the seeds of righteousness that's been sowed. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are here today in the backyard at the Paxton House in Bona Vista, Virginia. It's about six miles from Lexington. And uh, this was the house that General Paxton's father built in the early 1800s. And it's uh, always a great uh, privilege to come here. And the mountains are off in the distance. They actually, the mountain range actually surrounds this area. 
with a little break going over into Lexington. And then just up north of Lexington is the Shenandoah Valley with mountains surrounding it on all sides. It's quite a beautiful drive if you ever get down Virginia. Uh, Highway 81, run right down through the top of the state, right on to Lexington, Virginia. You're right, you know, you're crossing the Shenandoah Valley and all along the way there are Civil War battlefields uh, and Stonewall Jackson's headquarters, one of them was in Winchester. Uh, you'll pass through Mount Jackson, you'll pass through Staunton and various other cities that were pertinent to that time. You know, in the last days that we're living in, uh, you and I are going to need the protection of the Lord. Things are happening at a breathtaking pace. And I have a proclamation this morning about protection. We don't need to be afraid. We live in a dangerous world, but we are not really in danger if we're walking in His presence. The Bible says that the Lord will be our protection. And that's what we are focusing on here this morning. So let's make this proclamation. Lord, you are my protection. As your child, I live in your presence. Now that's a key right there is that you and I would learn to live in his presence. Not just to come in and out and visit once in a while, but to stay in that presence of God. You go before me, God, and you, go, you come behind me and you hem me in. Now that's a powerful thought. God is going before us to pave our way. He's coming in behind us and he hems us in, keeping us safe and protected from danger. Your hand is upon me, Lord God. I come to you and I find refuge under your wings. When I call on your name, Jesus, you are near. You hear my cry and Lord Jesus, you save me. In times of danger, Lord, you are my shield. Now, you need to say this, and it's more than just saying it, okay? You, you, you hear all kinds of teaching and preaching about you got to say, you got to say, you got to say, and that's correct, you do, you have to say. But it's more than just saying it. It's understanding it. It's comprehending it. It's living in it, walking in it on an everyday basis. And this comes by taking the word of the Lord and, and practicing I mean, really, you practice your walk with Christ. You don't just haphazardly go at it. You formulate a spirit plan on the inside of yourself. That plan comes from the Word of the Lord. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And then you begin to proclaim these things and live out your life in His presence. It says, Your name, Jesus, is a strong tower. I am safe and I am high above the evil in this world. As I bring my petitions to you, with thanksgiving. Now that's a key, is that we would have a thankful and a grateful heart as we approach God. And when we have that thankful and grateful heart, then God begins to uh, uh, honor, if you will, acknowledge that thanksgiving that's in us. And He enlarges us because He knows we can contain more. We can contain more blessing. The Father's peace will surround my heart and my mind. Being thankful is the entrance point to the peace of God. When battles come my way, I'm not afraid. I'm not dismayed because the battle belongs to God and God is with me. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him and puts him to flight. Lord, you are faithful. You strengthen me. You set me on a firm foundation and you guard me from the evil one. You are my refuge and my fortress. On you, O oh God, I lean and rely, and in you I confidently trust. 
in this beautiful, beautiful place. To make a proclamation like that from the Word of God is a great honor indeed. I want you to check out Psalm 41, verse 12, Psalm 39, verse 5, Ruth, chapter 2, verse 12, Psalm 145, 18 and 19, Proverbs 30, verse 5, Proverbs 18, verse 10, Philippians 4, 7, 2 Chronicles, uh, 2, yeah, 2 Chronicles 2017, Isaiah 59, 19, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and Psalm 91. Meditate in those verses of Scripture and believe God and proclaim that you are living in the protection of Almighty God today. So from the backyard of the Paxton house, this is Brother Paxton saying, go with God and he will go with you. Bless you.